Good evening, everyone, tonight. Welcome in the name of the Lord to our Bible study for Tuesday. Thank God for where we left off. And I thank God for the victory you've heard today and the encouragement of the Lord. It's a great honor and privilege again for us to come together as brethren. The Bible says that how beautiful and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. We're coming tonight again in the unity of the spirit, in the bond of peace, as we look at the letters of the word of God, and as we explore the teachings of the spirit, Jesus said, let your light shows shine before men that they may see your good works. Let your light, that means you are the one that will do it as you rely on the Holy Spirit. So we, we all have a responsibility to let the light shine. You might be thinking, do I have a light? Oh, you have a great light. Hallelujah. In fact, you are the light of the world. You are a city set upon a hill that cannot be hid. Therefore, if you are a city, then stand up and, and shine like the city of God. Bible says of the Old Testament, when they came together, they came to a mount that might not be touched. Hebrews 12, but now we have come to a mount that may be touched. We have come to Mount Zion, to the city of God. Hallelujah tonight. And this is the victory we have all in Christ. That will shine forth. And become an example of the believer. The Apostle Paul writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, 4, verse 12. He says, let no man despise your youth. Let no man look down on you because you are young, even in the faith. But be thou an example of the believer. That means there are things the believer ought to exhibit. Be an example. And the more you be an example, the more you, you, you mature in the things of the spirit. For, 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 for strong meat um, 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 comes by reason of use. The more you practice the faith, the more matured you become in the things of the spirit. We're supposed to, to lead and dominate in the things of the spirit because the Spirit of the Lord is helping us. So today, we're starting again. I'm taking off from where we stopped. The Word of God. And I believe tonight the Word of God will build faith, will teach, will encourage, and will equip you to be that which God intends for you to be in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Let us pray this evening together. Father, we thank you again tonight. We, we come before your table, the table of your word to study. Father, as we behold your word, help us to see, help us to eat, help us to hear, help us to perceive, and help us to understand that which you are saying to us by your spirit through your word. Anoint my tongue, anoint our ears. That I might speak like the pen of a ready writer that we may hear and hear unto salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The studying of the word of God is the source of our strength and our growth. Um, Ephesians chapter 1. I'm getting used to it now. Um, I know you pardon me, but, but tonight I, 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 I will trust that I won't say Romans. But if I say Romans, just in that Paul also wrote Romans. So in your mind, go to Ephesians. But if I say Romans, I mean Romans, then let's do Romans. So because I can quote from Romans too. Amen. Praise God. I'm, I'm glad tonight. I'm joyful in the Lord to bring God's word. Ephesians chapter 1. We started... Um, Upper Thursday or Tuesday, I think Tuesday, this is our third class. And the Apostle Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus. In the first class, we took a historical perspective or overview of how the Apostle Paul got to Ephesus. And we also looked at the introduction um, of the book of Ephesians. And today we shall be continuing from where we left off. We left off actually in verse three, but for the sake of um, a refreshing of mind and knowledge, we can start from verse one again tonight. And I believe everybody is with, is with me in your Bible, in the book of Ephesians chapter one, Paul, an apostle, of Jesus Christ. And remember, before we go on, that when an epistle is written to a church, is written first to the pastor or the leaders of the church, they read and then they are supposed also to read the epistle to the congregation. So the early church, they were a, a, um, a Bible or scripture reading church hallelujah and they enjoyed in fact it was an instruction of the lord that that they read the word of god aloud in all their services so in every service that they come for the bible is read and this practice is actually a jewish practice uh, it's a jewish practice where where scripture is read. And to underscore this point, you know, you can turn me your Bible tonight quickly to two scriptures. Turn with me your Bible to Luke's Gospel. Luke's Gospel, the fourth chapter. Luke chapter four. Now, this will tell you that. One of the signs of 
a healthy church is that they read the Bible, they read scriptures. It's an instruction for us to grow because the more we read, the more we get acquainted. And no wonder Jesus appeared to John in, in the island of Patmos in the book of Revelation. He said to him, blessed are those who read and hear and keep this word of prophecy. So you see, blessed are those who read, who keep, and who hear. So there's a need for us to read, to keep, and to hear continuously the word of this prophecy. For this is how we get strengthened in the course of our Christian work. Hallelujah. Look for, let's read from verse, I'm going to read two scriptures tonight to just put at this point. From verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he, and he taught in their synagogue, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. You see that? Jesus read. He stood up for to read. He read the scriptures publicly. It was given to him the scroll of Isaiah the prophet. Hallelujah. So you see that. So, so in the early church, or rather, the Lord of Jesus, they had scrolls. And all they had was the Old Testament. And Jesus stood up for to read. And and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place that was written... <laughs> The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now we know that's known as that's one. So we see that he read. So there must be a continuous practice of scriptural reading in church. Second scripture tonight, First Timothy chapter four. First Timothy four. This is the practice of the church. We read verse thirteen. 1 Timothy 4.13, the Bible says, Till I come, give attendance to reading. In fact, some, some versions put public reading of scriptures. Give attendance to public reading of scriptures like Jesus read. So the service is not complete until scripture is read. And that's the reason we must continually read scriptures and be happy about scripture reading because in so doing we are fulfilling and obeying the word of God for the church and if we are to read scripture publicly then it means we must read it also what? Privately hallelujah glory to God if God wants us to read scriptures publicly then it behoves on us also to make it a duty and a habit to read scriptures Privately. Hallelujah tonight. Job said, for I have, I have esteemed your word more than my necessary or my daily food. So I said that because the practice of the church was that the pastors and the leaders will read the epistles and then read them again to the congregants and then exhort them from what they are, they've read or what they are reading, trusting on the Holy Spirit. And by it, they grew and matured. 
So we see here the Paul and Apostle Jesus Christ, but the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. I love that. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So say grace and peace. Hallelujah. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has. Now, there, if, if thanks means anything to God, thanks must mean something to us too. Amen. And I know that thanks means everything in communication. If God says this is A, even if your mind is saying it is B, you must learn to agree with God that is A. Amen tonight. You know, there are times when we judge by, by our circumstance and our, and our experiences. We judge things by how we feel and how we think. No, we are supposed to judge things by the word of God. Now, in Ephesians, we're going to be seeing certain tenses that we must, we must, we must lock in in that tense form. You know, in Mark's gospel, the 11th chapter, we see Jesus cursing a fig tree on his way to Bethany while he was leaving Jerusalem to rest at the outskirts of town. Jesus was still in Jerusalem during the day, and in the evening, he went out of the outskirts to rest and to sleep and to come back again the next day to minister and goes back again. Now, on his way out to Bethany, he saw a fig tree that ought to have figs. But I will leave all the intricacies, but what, what we know that Jesus cursed the tree. And the words he used were, may no man eat fruit from thee hereafter or forevermore. And the Bible says the disciples heard him, particularly Peter. And the next day, while they were coming back to Jerusalem from Bethany, Peter looked at the tree and said, Master, Master, the fig tree you are, you cursed yesterday and what? Withered from the root. And just told him, have faith in God. But you see, Jesus spoke to the tree and his words carried life. That means every word inspired by God carries the life of God. Carries power is potent to bring to pass what God has spoken. For in the word of God is the force and the power of God backing his expressed words. And in communicating the word of God, God communicated through human language that it might make sense to the people he's speaking with. And, and I, I'm saying all that because as we begin to look at the things we're saying here, it begins to make sense to us. And look at verse 3. Paul thanking God. And remember I said to us, Paul wrote these scriptures out of his own, his personal experience with God. He didn't write what he didn't know. He's, he's telling us what is available to us now in Christ. So on, say amen. 
He sent to us what we are now in Christ, what is available to us now in Christ, what they've taught and handled, what they've experienced as first fruit, amen. What, what they taught of him, the, the, the reality that is in Christ, that if anyone can believe, he also will come in there. And we see this play out throughout the one. The same thing John said. The same thing Peter said. John said, he said, first John 1 verse 1. Let's turn it to everybody in our Bibles. First John 1. First John 1. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to read First Peter 1 verse 1 also. Let's see. First John 1 verse 1. Amen. Hear what he said. Because everything Paul is saying here are things that 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 is already available unto us. These are not things that we are we are hoping to get. Us, amen. No, there are things we are hoping. We are hoping for the blessed hope that is still where in the future. But there are things now in the present that we have as the children of God, and if we have them, then they belong to us. So, amen. Tonight. First John 1 verse 1, it says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. See that? That means what we are telling you are the things we what we heard. So Paul is saying, these are things that the Lord Jesus taught me, the Lord Jesus revealed to me, but not just to me alone, but for every Gentile that will believe the word of God. These things are true. These things are from the from He who is yea and amen. And these things are not fabled. They're not things we just we're just cooking up. They're things we've experienced, and that is not only for us, but it's also for every believer. Amen. And if we if we come short of it, it's not because the word is not powerful. It's because we have not developed faith enough to believe His words. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon uh, uh, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Wow. So it means everything you are saying are, are, not, are not things they've not experienced or touched, and it is not for them alone. So they are sharing with us what inheritance we also have in Christ, that by faith we also might step in this blessing. So in Second Peter to the one. I read verse 16. Peter said, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were what eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received from God the Father honor and glory. Now, if you read that, you come there to verse 21. It says, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, you see that, the Peter was saying here, that the things we are sharing with you did not come from us, but it came from him. Hallelujah. So everything we'll be reading here, according to God, are the things that God revealed to him that is available for us now. Verse 3 of Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath now hath means he had so that means there's, 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 there's a current blessing we have. It's like it's like there's a current deposit in your account that is there for you. He hath blessed us. It's not he will or shall, but hath blessed us. It means this blessing is already available to us now in Christ. So say amen tonight. 
as we go through the scriptures, I want you to look at the tense that the Apostle Paul used deliberately and intentionally. He had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Someone say half. Now, the, the, the current word for half now is had. Half actually is an old English that, that, is, that was spoken, you know, to, to reflect things done in the past. Things already concluded. So there are things, there are blessings that already concluded in Christ for the saints. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, interesting enough, if your Bible is a King James Bible, you're going to see that after that word in Christ Jesus, there is a colon. It means this sentence is not complete. Now, I want to explain to you what the blessings are. So, colons are used to itemize. Hallelujah. So, God has gone you know, to further clarify what he mean by what the blessings or other spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So, so that can be an ambiguous thing because the word spiritual then is the word pneumaticus, amen, or, or, or pneuma, it means spirit. It means breath, all right? It means life. But, but in heavenly places, what does it mean? What does it mean to, be, to, to have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. That means these heavenly places is situated in who? In Christ. So in Christ. So every blessing here is the blessing we now have in who? In Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. He said, for if any man be in Christ, or in Christ. Now, if you are in Christ, it means these are the blessings that are cruised to you by the word of God by promise. This one, you have nothing to do to earn it. He has given it to you in your account, and therefore you receive it and thank God for it as a saint. So I say amen. So these blessings are in Christ for the people of Christ. Now, the first blessing he mentioned there, we can see in verse 4. The first one, number one is according as he had worked, he had chosen. Now, the word chose us is in the past. So, the first blessings in the heavens in Christ is that we are worked, we are chosen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We are chosen. We are, and now we're chosen is we are selected. Amen. We are, we are, we are, we are, we are, we are, we are carefully sorted out. We are elected. You know, when somebody is, is, is selecting beings to cook, you know, sometimes there are all kinds of beings. There are some that has been, has been, has been, has been, has been worked on that, 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 that don't have too many um, um, dirt or chaff or stone. But majority of beings, when you buy it, you have to select and carefully pick out the good ones out of it. And guess what? Even if it's a machine doing a selection, the machine is what is programmed. The machine cannot just of its own select. Someone programmed how and what to do. But you see, for a good selection to happen, someone has to do the selection. 
And so for you, throughout the world, God shows you. So one of the spiritual blessings we have in heaven in Christ Jesus is that one we are worth. We are chosen according as he had in the past. Amen. He had chosen us in him. See, another word now. He chose us in who? In Christ. And that's why our praise, that's why Jesus Christ is, is, is our Lord. He's the one that, 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 that so loved us. He's the one. He's the one. He's our propitiation. Without him, we could not have been chosen. For our being chosen is actually guaranteed through him. He's the one that, that stood the shorty for us being chosen. That's why it says in him. And if it's in him, then we must live to thank God. That means no one who is born again can live outside Christ. Hallelujah tonight. This is the blessing. We already have it. We, we dwell. Say with me tonight. Say, I dwell in Christ. Say, I dwell in Christ. Say, I'm chosen of God as a special child in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus is the mediator. First Peter 2, verse 5. For there's only one mediator between God and man, and the man Jesus Christ is the propitiation of our sins. First John 2, verse 1 and 2. Is the propitiation of our sins and not for our sins alone, but the sins of the whole world. Do you know where we would have been if our sin is still imputed and counted on us? It's a blessed sin. Whose sins is not imputed unto them, amen. Blessed is him whose iniquity is pardoned. Blessed is he whose sins are forgiven in Christ by faith. Hallelujah. So you are blessed. Right now, you will start redefining what blessing is. You know, you know, Satan has so confused the world that 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 that. that that he, he is coming what is blessing as though it's not blessing, and what is not blessing as though it's what is blessing. You have the blessing. Hallelujah. So to say, I am blessed of God. I'm a blessing to my generation. I'm a blessing to this world. Indeed, you are. Because you, your, your presence in this world actually is the presence of Jesus in the world. And therefore, by you, the world is blessed. You know, there's an account in the Bible of, 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 of the father of faith, Abraham. Abraham, the father of Isaac, and the father of Ishmael. And he had five other sons from Keturah. Who were in mention or who were in prominent. But the two prominent ones were Isaac and Ishmael. But the very prominent one was Isaac, because it says, In Isaac, your seed shall be called. But guess what? When Abraham was to bless the children, it's amazing what he did. The Bible says he gave gifts unto Ishmael. But to Isaac, he gave the blessing. Now, it means we must start redefining what, you know, you know, to the world today. And that's why people, you know, 
where people are prone to being deceived by Satan because, because they seek the blessing. Now, the issue is what is the blessing? If Abraham gave the blessing to, 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 to Isaac and gave gifts to Ishmael, then they can miss. It means for us, there must be a redefinition or a redefining of what blessing is. See, the blessing of God is not material things. Though the things material are good for this world, but that's not the ultimate blessing. Amen. So those things will fade away. It says, it says, it says, it says, don't lay off yourselves treasures upon the earth where thieves and moth will corrupt, but lay for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, do you buy a car and send to heaven? So don't get me to do right. This to begin to change our mindset. About life and 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 our focus should change. You build a house and 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 say the show of to God. It all ends here. He says, he says, but lay up yourselves treasure in heaven where thieves. Oh, hallelujah. That means real blessings can never be affected by, by policy of government or affected by, by thieves or robbers. No. There's, there's, there's no insurance company that can that can that can ensure for for destruction the blessings of God and every believer have this blessing in Christ. Once amen tonight. So the real blessing, the real deal is in Christ. And this is what Apostle Paul wants the church to know because this will begin to to shape their perception to life to how they pursue things. So the first first thing God calls blessing is that we are chosen in him. That means, that means, that means, that means you are a child of God. You are born again by the spirit of God and you're following God. You are born again by the blood of Jesus. Your faith is in the blood and, and you are suffering with all you have in, in your mind, in your spirit, and in your soul. Amen tonight. According as he has chosen us in him, now hear the word, before the foundation of the world, hallelujah, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. I love this. So his choosing us is for us to be what? Holy. And without blame. Wow. Hold on. Do you think God can ask us to do what we can't do? No. Without blame before him in love. Without blame, that means we are righteous before him in Christ. Every true believer is before blame before God. Say amen tonight. Ah, Pastor, I just sinned. Yes, you sinned. You'll be forgiven. But guess what? He has chosen us to stand before him holy and without blame. And this holiness, see, the force of this holiness is not based on what we have done. It's the redemptive grace of God. But as we come to him in holiness, we begin to pursue sanctification of in him through him that we might continue living as we ought to live. Not like the people in the world, but we live like people who have God in them. So the first thing God calls blessing is, is that is, 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 is being chosen. So God says you're being chosen in him is a word, is a blessing. So you start redefining what true blessing is. 
In fact, there's a term that Christ used. He uses the term true riches. As we go on this evening, the first blessing or the first true blessing, which we start redefining our understanding of real blessing, is being chosen in Christ. Say with me tonight, I'm chosen in Christ by the word. Therefore, I am blessed in Christ. Say, I am blessed in Christ. So never assess yourself based on your physical situation. I was watching a short clip of an interview that, that, was, that was being done with, with a gay um, 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 enthusiast or, or a gay person. It's, I thought it was a young girl, but not trying to be a boy or a man. And the interviewer was asking him or asking her that, are you sure you're happy? She said, yes, she's very happy being, being who she is. He said, how do you know you're happy? She told her, she said, I have a house. I have a car, I have a job, and I have people that are farming me. Based on this four criteria, I am very happy. Now you see how we define happiness or blessing? He defined it by having a house, by having a car, by having a degree, by having a job, and having people are farming. Now this is how the world defines blessing. But all of these things fade away. He says, money can develop wings and fly. All these things don't give through joy. The real definition of blessing is that we are found in Christ. Therefore, let nothing, nothing deceive you. Let, 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 let not the things of the earth take you away from the real blessing. If I move up from this point, let me bring us again to the story of the prodigal son. A parable that Jesus gave. You see, that young man thought he was being deprived in the house. And he said, I think if I go out, I will enjoy myself the more. And so he was seeking for blessing. He was seeking for expression. He was seeking for fulfillment. He felt he was being trapped in the house. He felt he was, he was being limited, you know, in the ambit of where he was. Just like sometimes Satan makes us feel that you see, don't you think you can do more? Don't you think same way for Jesus? Don't you think there's more to you? You know, don't you think you can start something of your own? Don't you think you can you can you can you can know you know there, there, there are several things you start putting into your heart. Now there's nothing wrong in aspiring, but if it's for greed and for personal issues, then something is wrong with it. The same way for Jesus, I told him, he says, he says, jump. And, 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 and I'll give, and the Lord will command angels to, 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 to carry you on, on, on the wings. And he says, don't tell the Lord your God. And so this young man felt, no, I'm not comfortable in this house. I have to go somewhere. Or you always say, I'm not, I'm not so fulfilled in Christ. Maybe I should, I should just test something else. And this young man went out to test something else. He said, Father, give me my inheritance. And let me go and spend it. But I said, what are you going? He said, I want to go. But I gave him. And we know what the story is. The true blessing is in Christ. So the first blessing is we are born again. And this is what God is saying to us. So we begin to redefine blessings. 
Let's start redefining it. Number two, having predestinated us. Amen. The second blessing or the second truth of this blessing that all is saying here is that we have been predestinated unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. By Jesus Christ to himself. We have been predestined to the adoption of children, of sons by Jesus Christ. So, so, so it is Jesus who, who has adopted us. We, we, have been, we have been co-opted into him. Having, that means, that means, that means it's been done, or amen? To happen means it's, it's been done and it's, it's also been done on a continuous basis. So that means our sonship has been achieved and is still in progress until we finally see him. That's why once we are born again, we still have time to grow. That means as we are growing, we are maturing in God. We've been saved. But you see, it's a progressive salvation. You see, it's a progressive redemption ultimately. We are calling Christ, but we are moving to him. And when we shall see him, that's when we shall be perfected. So the blessing here is Christ has called us to himself and we have been adopted. We are adopted into the family of God through Christ Jesus. I remember Paul was writing to a people who were sectional, who felt we have more of Christ than you. The Jews and the Gentiles, they, they were always fighting. Who owns Christ first? Now, I don't like the Jews because they were claiming Christ. They were claiming it like, like it's, it's their exclusive. Now, I like that. Now, I also want the Gentiles to also claim Christ like the Jews claimed him. So that we both will claim him the same way and give ourselves unto him until it comes again. He has predestined us. Now, the word predestined means to know the destination beforehand. And my simple thought on this tonight is that what does it mean to predestinate? It means God has put in plan that anyone that comes to the Son will be saved. God has a predetermined destiny for everyone on earth. Everyone who receives Jesus Christ is what is predestined to what to life. Everyone who rejects him is what also what predestined to what to condemnation. So it's not as though God says you go to hell. No, God predestined life. He says, I lay before you life and death. So this is a destination that you're all going to. There's life and death, but you have a choice to make. He says, For there are two main roads, one is narrow. One is brought. You make a choice on the one to enter. So the predestination here is that everyone who is in Christ, who comes to him, have found themselves in the predestined place for the saints. So by the virtue of the law and the, and the call of God for the saints, we have been predestined to salvation. So as amen tonight. So as we see the time of God coming, we are seeing the city are far off. We are seeing the end. Like Moses said, he said, he said, he said, they kept looking for the city 
who's maker and builder is what is God. So as we keep going, folks, we've been predestined. We are seeing the destination. And therefore, let's continue till what? Till the end. For it is those that endure till the end that shall be saved. Do not turn your back on him at this, at this ninth or eleventh hour. Let's keep on. For we are seeing our destination in Christ. Let nothing sway us. Let nothing take you away from the love of Christ. Let not money, let not fame, let not life, not death, no angel, nor any being on earth take you away from the love of our person in Romans 8. So our destination is ahead. Our salvation is nearer than we first believe. Therefore, let's hold on. Let's, let's, let's keep on. Let's allow nothing to, to sway us away from that path, children of God. Because he has predestined us in Christ. Unto adoption of children by Jesus. Hallelujah. The adoption as children is only affected by Jesus. No one else can affect can the adoption as children without Christ. And that's why every other one that preaches redemption after Christ is just wasting his time. For he said, I am the way, John 46, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by him. The only one that can predestine unto adoption of children is Jesus Christ to the Father. And we have been, and therefore we rejoice and hold on to our truth and hold on to this reality of God's word and hold on to it till the end. So how are you assured of heaven? You are so because you have been predestined to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. That means God had pleasure. God, you see, if you look at the entire Bible, God always wants Everyone said, he says, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I have no delight in the death of what? Of a sinner. You see, 2 Peter chapter number 3 and verse, verse 9, he says, he says, he says, he says, for the Lord is not slack about his promise, but is long-suffering toward all, not willing that any should perish, any, any. So the good pleasure of his will is that all men be saved. But he can't force all men to be saved. And that's the reason we preach the gospel. You believe the God because the grace of God was manifest and revealed to you. And that's therefore you live in thanksgiving. Having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. So the predestination is by Jesus. It's because we received him. That's why we came into his predestined end state. Of rest, peace, and glory. So everyone that believes in Christ becomes predestined. Before the time began, he had made a choice that everyone that comes through his son will have peace. He had predetermined it. He had, he had, he had chosen the end. And anyone who comes after his son will know no peace. So therefore, everyone who comes to believe in Christ Jesus will know peace. And that's the reason we must all strive to preach the gospel and live out the life of the gospel of Christ. 
Amen tonight. Let me take the next verse tonight quickly. Verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he had, he had made us accepted in the beloved. The next blessing is that we are what? We are accepted in the beloved. What a beloved family we belong to. You see, every believer is in the family of God. Say, I am in the family of God. Say, what I'm saying, I am in the family of God. Say, what I'm saying, I am a member of the family of God. Therefore, my surname, hallelujah, is not my enemy name, but my, my being identified with Christ in God. The third blessing is that we've been accepted in the beloved. So Paul, but the Holy Ghost, you know, is explaining what the blessing in heaven in Christ Jesus actually means. It means we've been, we've been accepted. Amen. You know, for everyone who applies for an admission, into university, or you apply for a scholarship. While applying for a scholarship, you are waiting to be accepted. And before your result comes out, your mind is what? Agitated. Will I be accepted or will I not? And I want to bet with you. If it is an institution that you so you show you you so cherish, and you hear that you've been accepted, one thing will 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 pass through your heart. It's called joy, because as where well, something has been fulfilled, a dream has come true for you, and therefore you rejoice because you've been accepted in in that which you desire. But the family of God is not like any family upon the earth. Hallelujah. Every royal family on earth combined is not, is not, will not come one come close at all to the benefit we enjoy as being in the family of God. I don't want the, the privilege of, of the of the of the of the Emir of Dubai, you know. The, 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 there's, there's this normal post I see online the 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 the, the, the kids of, of, of the ten richest men on earth you know how they live their lives you know they, they live all those things are nonsense compared to the benefit we have in Christ our benefit our blessing in the beloved is an eternal one it's real and tangible Isaiah prophesied and said, Oh, come. Isaiah chapter 1. Let him the first come. Let him who's hungry come and eat. He says, Don't spend your money on things that are not worth it. There is something we can invest ourselves in. It's called the life of God. There's a way of God. That's where the true blessing is. That's where the true joy is. The blessing in heaven. 
waiting for us. Ephesians chapter 3. I read from verse 14. Hallelujah. The third point tonight is that we've been accepted in the beloved. The beloved is in, into the family of God. That's why I don't see you as a stranger. You know, that's why I can love you with all I have. Romans 5 verse 5. It says, it says, it says, it says, for the love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that is given to us. Therefore, we are able to love one another because we are members of the same family of God. We are one in Christ. We are not different. You are not, you are not, you are not, you are not different from me. When we come to the church, we are one family. We share things. It says, let's rejoice, we get a rejoice, and let's mourn, let's mourn. We don't damage, 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 damage everything that happens to one person in church happens to all of us because we are members of the same body. It is this knowledge that the Apostle Paul is trying to pass across by the Holy Ghost to the believers in Rome who are always fighting themselves between who are the Jews and the Gentiles. And he's telling them that that dichotomy is being demolished. There's no more Jew. There's no more Gentile. We are all now one in Christ. Now, in theology, but the plan of God God is not going to do the Israel separate from the Gentile. We are all one now in Christ, even though he's coming for them specifically at the end time. But the church is composed of both the believing Jews and the believing Gentiles. We are one. There's no separate attention God will give to the Jews and will give the Gentiles because we are one. But at the final times, he will pay more attention to the Jews. I want to play that tonight, but I want to describe to you those who com comprise the family of God. You might think that, okay, Ephesians chapter 3, let me from verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole what? Please everybody go there. Ephesians 3, verse 15. Of whom the whole family were. In heaven, and that means we have family members here in heaven. And this family consists of angels. Praise God. And saints who have gone ahead. Hebrews chapter number, number one. Hebrews one. Hebrews one. And then we'll read Hebrews 12. Hebrews one. 13 and 14. But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make that image of stool. Verse 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them that shall be what? Heirs of salvation. It means angels are actually part of the members of the, of the family of God whose assignment is to minister to who? To saints. So, so the family of God consists of angels. Consists of, of saints who have gone to be with God and saints who are alive now. Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12. From verse 1. 
Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, who are witnesses? The angels and the saints who have gone ahead. These also are part of the family of God. Let us lay aside every weight. Now I'm going to the, to, to, to the witness of God. So we are in the family of God. And that's what Paul is saying in verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us. He's not going to, he had made us accepted in the family of God. And that's the reason no believer should be made to feel isolated in church. No true believer should be made to feel rejected in the church. For it says, if my father and my mother disown me, then the Lord shall, what? shall accept me. For the days are coming when the true family of the saints shall be those of the household of God. I repeat, a time is coming for us when the true family of the saints shall be of those who are the household of God. Remember, I close tonight. Jesus ministering in the book of Mark. As he was teaching, the Bible says, and some people came outside and stood at the door and said to him, Master, your brethren are desiring to speak with you outside. Amen. Now, this is an interesting story, an account of Jesus. They said, Master, your mother and your brothers are outside desiring to speak with you. But Jesus answered something very specific, redefining to them. In the spiritual life, who his real mother, brothers, and family is. Tonight, I hope that this is helping someone. Who your true family is. Now, it's not saying do away with your earthly families. No. But you begin to redefine, just like we are redefining blessings. God, but 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 the Apostle Paul is helping us to redefine what true blessing is. The days are here when we shall also begin to to redefine what actually the true family is. For it says we've been accepted in the beloved. What does it mean to be? The, it means to be in the family of God. And Jesus was being asked. Who is my family? Mark's gospel, the third chapter. Let's start tonight as we close. Mark 3 from verse 33. Let me read from verse 31. Tonight, the reason I'm going this route is because of where we are going to. Remember? The main cross of the Ephesian epistle is to establish the doctrine of 
Israelology. It means the place of Israel and the church in the body of Christ. Who is the true Israel? Who is now the true family of God? Is there a dichotomy between early Jews and the church of Christ? Because this understanding will shape our, our, our perception of eschatology and the end time plan of God upon the earth. Verse 31. And there came then his brethren and his mother, and standing without, sent unto him, calling him. Who will not be proud to be the, 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 the brother or the mother of Jesus Christ? The person that was the, the, the toast in town. Everyone is looking for him. And so they, they sent with, with, with a command and, and, and the tone of alacrity. You know, there's a pride. Go call him for us. You know how you feel, my brother. If I, if I have someone in Azorok who I know, maybe my brother will be the first president. I don't need to get past. I'll just get it. I'll tell him I'm here. And then really, everyone said, oh, God, sir. Someone said, who is that? I don't have one name. He says, sir. He says, his name is, and what's my name? So what is that? He's bringing me immediately. Every protocol would be, what? Would be broken. That's exactly what happened when Joseph saw his brothers. He, he said to them, Bring them into the chambers. Now, no one can enter the chamber with the clothes you are wearing. To enter the chamber, you must be well dressed. But guess what? There's only a thing of pride to identify with someone who is highly placed inside you. But guess what? Christ told them something here that, that, that's instructive. And the multitude sat about and they said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brain stand without seeking for thee. And I said to them, Who is my mother? Who is my brethren? And he looked around on them which sat about him and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. Wow. 35. For whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother, the same is my sister. Tonight, there's been a, a redefining of brotherhood. And the foundation of true brother in Christ is obedience. It is not just coming to church. It is not identifying with church. Anyone can identify with the church. But anyone who begins to obey Jesus Christ is not identifying with the church. He has become part of the member of the body of Christ. So how do we identify someone who is a true member of Christ, who is a true family member? Is their what? Their obedience to Christ. So obeying God's word is the criteria for defining who a brother or a sister in Christ is. It is not about joining the church or attending church services. It's obedience to the word. So tonight, there's a division of two things. One, of blessing. Two, of brotherhood. Stop seeing your brother as an alien. Stop seeing brethren in church as them versus us. There's only one us. Begin to redefine what blessing is according to the word of God. It is not just things that are of this earth. 
but has everything to do with the knowledge that we are in Christ and Christ lives in us. Our time is up today. We'll pick up from here in our next class by the grace of God. Before we go this evening, I'll read one more time. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. I read. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he had made us accepted in the beloved, in the family of God. Praise God tonight that we are accepted in the family. Hallelujah, that we have a family of God. And everyone who is in Christ and obeying his word is a member of that family. And Paul Ephesians 3, verse 14, it says, To whom all the family in heaven and on earth is named. Thank God I'm named after God the Father. For he is the head of the whole family, both in heaven and on earth. And everyone who is, who is working and in obedience is part of this member family of God. What a great revelation the Apostle Paul is revealing here. And this truth will start getting more clearer and more visible as we get into chapters 2 and 3 that the will of God might be made clear and manifest to us. Praise God tonight. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this evening. We give you praise. Thank you because we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We thank you Lord because we are chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before you, Lord, in love. Thank you, Lord, because you have predestined us unto the adoption of children by Christ Jesus himself, according to the good pleasure of your will, to the praise of the glory of your grace, wherein we are accepted in the beloved. Thank you, Lord, because we are members of the family and are members one of another. Lord, there's no difference between the Gentile and the, and the Jews. There's no difference between the rich and the poor. There's no difference between the have and the have not. There's no difference between the educated and less educated. Lord, there's no difference. You have broken down the middle wall of dichotomy. Lord, I pray to them that you help us understand this truth more and more. That our lives might conform to this reality. The praise 
and glory of your matchless name. These are many more we ask tonight through the name of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen and amen. Praise God tonight. We'll meet again on Thursday by the grace of God. As we continue from verse 7. I believe you've learned something today. Remember, the way to know a member of the, of, of the family is what? Obedience. Jesus said, who is my brother? Who is my mother? Who is my brother? He said, those who obey the things that I say. That's the hallmark. So let's live in obedience and trust God always in all things. God bless you tonight. Have a good night rest in Jesus' name. Amen. Good night, folks. God bless you all. Amen.